Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Wherever you are around Australia or around the world, we really do appreciate you tuning in on a weekly basis. I think this might be t- episode 240. I have to count them back, but uh, there's a few in the bank there. And if you want to go back and listen to some of the interviews, please do so. Thanks for sticking around and supporting the My Love of Golf uh, team. We've got Magic Mike here joining us to give us a rundown on all of the activities in this week's golf. And there's a number of tournaments that we want to get through and a number of tournaments coming up. Let's bring the man in. Uh, great job on the uh, hoodie coordination. Yes, it's officially hoodie season. Well, it's been hoodie season for a couple of weeks now in Melbourne. Um, great job on the black and white hoodie coordination. Stand up, give us a look what you got on. What's that? Municipal golf. Well, you are the king of municipal golf on this team. You play, you play more uh, pay-to-play golf than anyone that I know. At a variety of courses, you, if, if anyone wants to know where to play in Melbourne uh, on a pay-to-play basis, Mike Creedy is the man. He is walked every stretch of blade of grass, uh, greenside bunker, um, hazard trap, and all surrounds, cafes, cheese stops between the airport and anywhere destination. Mike Creedy is your man, so he's the font of knowledge. Um, hit him up if you want any information when you, if you are coming to Melbourne uh, or preparing to come to Melbourne. Um, I've got the, M, the uh, M-Log uh, emblem hoodie on, the black and white hoodie. Um, still standing up. It's uh, You know how, Mike, you know how I had a little epiphany last week that I said I need to stand up and I need to get back on track with the uh, fitness regime. I'll just sort of give you an update, Mike, because I know know you've been wondering how I've been going um, due to the lack of messages that you've been sending me about that. Uh, uh, 1,722 yards swum in the last seven days, Uh, Mike. um, I've got no idea how far a yard. Is a yard like three feet? 2.2 yards to a metre. Yeah, it's not okay. that far. Oh, look, in all yeah. honesty, the, the, the maths are oriented amongst the, the listeners there and especially the, the, the um, Americans know how, exactly how far a yard is. Um, I don't, but I can't work out how to get the... Um, <laughs> Change it to metrics. <laughs> I can't work out how to get it onto metric, but 1,722 yards for an average daily yardage of 246 yards uh, swum. I've had three... You said it's two yards to a metre. Is that right? Two point so it's 100, 100 metres. I was doing about 500 metres ago. Yeah, there's three sessions there. So I'm back, Mike, officially back. It's great. It feels great to be um, exercising after a period of um, bad backness and sedentary sort of mobility. Um, The stand-up desk working well. So all the people said uh, well done on getting a stand-up desk or asked how is the stand-up desk because they've been contemplating one. can highly recommend it. Is yours sit-stand? Goes up and down? No. Of course not. Remember I said what I said? This is the greatest wardrobe in podcast history yeah it's a wardrobe i still thought the de- uh, but the desk itself doesn't go electric up and down no because no. it's, it's a shelf of a wardrobe mike okay sorry <laughs> i'm there i'm literally shrouding here in the uh in the doors which are covered with the soundproof yes frame. um well it, i i, I we've I, the desk i'm at is a sit stand desk and i'll it goes up and down all day because i i will mix and match yeah. um and i highly recommend it to anyone as well but it's got a bad back this is this is the elite wardrobe i'm going to patent this podcasting wardrobe i'm going to actually invent a podcast wardrobe because um, it, it's a bit of a challenge for podcasters where they put the gear and where they put, put it all away and to get the space and the sound nothing worse than hearing a podcast without any good sound i'm not saying that as always red hot but uh this certainly helps uh anyway we digress already as we do a big week in golf mike um there's a number of tournaments we had the charles swab we had the uh pga Champions Tour Seniors event. We had the Women's uh, US LPGA Match Play event. Uh, we had um, the KLM Open in the DP World Tour, and we had the Live Golf event DC. Uh, 
Where do you want to start? Do you want to just go to the big guns first? Yeah, dealer's choice. You choose. Oh, let's go with the big guns first. Let's just roll out the Charles Swap because most people stop listening after we talk about the big guns and the te- and the types <laughs> of stuff anyway. Um, Charles Swap, did it live tough. up to your expectations? Did the Colonial, a lot of fans of the Colonial course, play pretty tough, firm, yeah. into firm, fast, um, yeah. a few people unstuck. It did, yeah. Uh, redoing all greens and a few different holes post this tournament. So they let it go. They baked it right out, which was, yeah, made it pretty tough for a lot of guys um, hitting into some greens that weren't holding and saw a few people three-putt from spots that they probably would be normally cozying it down quite easily. So it was good. Wasn't I won't say it was a shock winner. Um, so I know we read out the top 15 on the on the data lake every week. You wouldn't believe who was number 16. Emiliano Grio, the eventual winner. Um, but I do know a lot. I think uh, I was messaging PK, one of the listeners to this podcast uh, earlier in the weekend. And um, yeah, I said um, very, very popular choice among the uh, golf gambling community, I'll call it. And a lot of people were very, very heavy on him this week. Uh, I didn't see I didn't see that in the tea leaf, so I was not. But yeah, he it was good to see him win. He has won this tournament about, I think it was about 10 years ago. First, um, but gee, his he, first ever win, like his first time on first event. First, his first event. His first. Yeah, event. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He he's been prone to fourth quarter fade outs, and he did his best to do it again this time. Um, he in the third round shot even par and sort of went back to the pack. Um, and I've given up on him. I thought there's no way he wins, and all these guys that have, have put a bit of money on him are going to be. Um, Pretty disappointed, but he fought back in round four and got to 10 under. Um, last hole, two shots clear of the field, and then he absolutely went to water, literally. He uh, fanned his drive off 18T into, I think they called it an aqueduct. It was like a drain. Uh, <laughs> the ball was rolling along down the drain, and the cameraman was following it, and he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. Uh, and then the Blakey equivalent over on the PGA Tour basically gave him the rules and regs around where he could drop it. He ended up taking a drop on a concrete car path because that was going to give him his best lie um, and his best option to sort of, you know, get it anywhere near down the uh, down the down towards the fairway. Uh, did that, got about 44 yards from the hole, thinking, right, if he gets up and down here, he's done pretty well. That's going to be for bogeys. Still going to have one shot lead coming into into uh, finishing the finishing 72. Uh, not a good chip in. Hard greens, bounce too long. Uh, had it about 19, 20 feet, roll one up to, yeah, two feet, tapped in double. I don't think they had any other doubles on on, uh, on Sunday on 18 and him leading by two and decided that was the best time to throw in a double. So he went back to eight. Uh, Schenk had come up the uh, up 18 and so had Harry Hall. Um, I think Harry Paul's probably a player that most people look at. He looks very much like Bryson. But Bryson probably in his bigger days wears the same sort of um, news newsboy cap, um, big big English lad. Um, they were both sitting um, right around the number. Harry bogeyed the last to miss it, but Schenk held on, um, had a putt to win. They both he ended on eight to match Grio, so they went to the playoff. Eighteenth uh, hole, yeah. So they went up eighteen again, very very uh, similar to the first time around for Schenk, but Grillo just had you know when you see golfers have all the luck in the world, he pushed his drive nearly not as badly as he did in regulation and it hit the hill and bounced back to the fairway and then he pushed his iron into the green and it just cleared the bunker hit the right side of the slope and then took a big sweep back to the left hand side and probably saved himself there so he made his par they both made par 
And so they went and played the par three. And he nearly did the same thing again. He had a really, you know, a bit of a push, um, hit the right side of the slope and and rolled all the way down to about six feet. Uh, and Schenk couldn't match him and, and Grillo rolled in the birdie for the win. So it was a little bit, um, I won't say fortuitous, because he got himself into the right spot, but geez, he did everything in his power to lose it. Uh, who were you cheering for in that final stretch? I, I was, I was, I was champion for Harry Hall. I liked the hat. I liked the yeah. I liked him. He he's he fluffed it on eighteen. He hit it one into the tree and it bounced into the water. So that was the him. water. Was yeah, he hits gone. a ball a long, long way. Big, hits a ball a long way. I think the, I think I think earlier in the week I saw Minwoo take off on that hole with driver, and they said it was about three forty or three fifty to that water. So for Hall to put it in there comfortably off a tree, uh, yeah, he, he hits the ball a long way. Um, I was probably cheering for Adam Shank. Hadn't had a win before. Um, his caddy is good mates with the tour junkies. Um, yeah, I, I was probably cheering for him. I mean, I'm not upset about Creo or any of the guys winning. It was probably just good to see some guys that have been battling away for a while right in the mix, which was good. And as we said last week, it's it, you know, the potential here is to throw up a winner that uh, we might not have been expecting. Now, obviously, you know, your gambling cohort, for whatever reasons, um, you know, did get on the griot bandwagon, the griot wagon, the griot train. Um, did any insight into why? What, what they, what Tealers are reading to... to uh, he's on? had good form at this course before. Like we said, he'd won here before. His form coming in was okay. His stats didn't roll up too poorly. I think a lot of people probably looked at it like, you know, you're going to have a lot of big names that are going to be a little bit tired post the PGA. Um, he's playing okay. He's obviously plays well here. And, um, yeah, at, I think he was about 70 or 80 to 1. Yeah, why not? Okay. But, yeah, a, a lot. I think Ben Coley, who's a very big, knowledgeable um, sports punter, and um, I don't know if he, if he takes bets, but he's a sports punter who works out of the UK. He's on Twitter, Ben Coley. A lot of people follow him. I know Tron on uh, No Laying Up is a very, very big um, Ben Coley fan. Um, and then, yeah, a few other guys that are around the traps from the States. And I know Pat from the Tool Junkies also had him at around 80 to 1. Okay, any other names uh, in that mix there that surprised you or stood out as, um, you know, performers? You know, we had, uh, who did we have up there? Uh, Burns. Now, let's, uh, we'll talk about Teeps in a minute, but uh, Sam Burns, last year's winner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's a, I tipped him. I, I went and I picked him. I, he was actually picked, and then I hit the edit pick button, and I unpicked him. Yeah, he's Silly. he's becoming a little bit notorious for being around the mark. He's uh, a little bit like Xander. And probably a lot of the guys that are in the mix with him this week. Ricky Fowler. Um, Max Homer's can't quite close one of late. Uh, Mark Hubbard's been playing well. Justin Rose has kind of been right around it. Um, yeah, the, all those sorts of guys were, were probably sort of sitting where you'd expect them to expect them to be. Same as Scotty Sheffield. I mean, Scotty Sheffield finished third. I mean, he's he's just playing exceptional golf at the moment. Uh, as as I sort of said last week, and I was I wasn't tongue in cheek, but I said did Scott Scheffler uh, underperform at the PGA? Of course, he finished third there, but you know you've very much said no. He is just absolute nails. But, um, but like you said, you mean under? I mean, I'm not arguing with him. Like, is he underperforming because he keeps getting into the right spot, but he's just expect, not winning? Yeah, you expect him to win. You expect with yeah. his quality, he should just steamroll a couple of those guys. But you know, as we know, golf is a tough game. If it was easy to steamroll people week in week out, you know, we'd have John Rahm there every week. Um, but uh, no, not to be. Um, yeah, look at the, some of these other names. Max Homer. I think Max. I think Max is saving himself for LACC. 
He's a noted performer around there. He loves the place. Yep. Shot 61 around there back in the college Horse record day. holder. Um, I think he's saving himself for that. So anyway. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, I, that's I, 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 I love Max and I hope Rocket doesn't listen to this. But he ain't winning? But, well, I'm not saying he's not winning, but Max, yes, is the course record holder there, um, knows the place inside out. However, notoriously poor form in majors. Mm -hmm. And if he's ever felt the pressure before to perform in a major, he's not going to know what pressure's like until he turns up at this course. Every single person is going to be picking him, betting him, all over him. So pressure makes diamonds, but I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm concerned. Well, it's a week week before we talk about the US Open, but um, anyway, we've, we digress a little bit. Justin Rose continues the two English flags there together. Justin Rose and Aaron Rye. Yep. Um, who else? Any any other ones there? Top Aussie. Top Aussie. Aaron Bads. Bads.com. Top yeah, Aussie. Bads. Unbelievable. It is a bit unbelievable. He doesn't seem to, um, yeah, just keeps chugging away. I'm, I'm, I'd need to look up how he gets into the field to start with. I'm, I think he probably got um, one of those ones where they've rejigged the entry list post the start of the season. But, yeah, I don't know. He just keeps showing up in those T21. I don't know what he got. I don't know what he wins prize money-wise. But, yeah, he wouldn't be disappointed in his week's work. Uh, again, I didn't see heaps and heaps. Uh, I did see some of the features groups Thursday, Friday night, or Friday, Saturday night, sorry. Um, and I, one of those featured groups featured Cam Davis, and I think I must have mozzed him. I turned it on, and he just went went on a bit of a bogey streak. It was the worst golf I've seen him play um, in a while, and uh, obviously missed the cut by um, one or two one. or whatever it was, yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he pulled it back, but he had like a streak of bogeys early doors in that second round, and... Playing in the morning it was pretty benign. Um, anyway, it's just not. A, I just not, probably not a fit for Cam. I mean, his weapon is his driver. It's not a place where you need the driver. Um, and he was taking. Guys, he was taking it everywhere. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you can make, try and make the most of it, but it's a ball strikers course. It's going to be somewhere where you need to be precise, and normally that's where those guys shine through rather than the big big boppers. Uh, if you weren't watching any of those featured groups, you would have missed uh, a professional golfer. I have a shank now. There's been a couple of shanks that have been caught on TV in the last couple of tournaments. Uh, one of those players we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, if you had a shank on the weekend, um, don't feel bad because even PGA Tour players have a shank. That was uh, Kevin Kisner. Who was it? Kevin Kisner. Is, oh, Kisner's playing some bad golf. Yeah, unfortunately he is. It was like the second or third hole and uh, there was the deep, Forest on the right-hand side, obviously, as a, as a right-handed golfer. And he just cold-shanked his third. He, he sort of laid up to a long um, distance. So you're saying that maybe it is a hobby for Giz? Is that what you're saying? Maybe it is a hobby. <laughs> That's his famous saying is, is you know, this isn't this isn't a hobby when he plays well. Okay. Maybe it is a hobby. Yeah, yeah. well, he had, a shank, he had a shank and uh, it was... Which, oh, there you go. I just found it. Um, eleventh hole, round two, second hole for him. Second hole for him, yeah, that's right. It was they hit. Yeah, two, yeah. he hit. Uh, he had one hundred and thirty-seven yards in yeah. and hit one hundred and seventeen yards straight, OB straight right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, just a shout out to the weekend golfers out here, like uh, you and I, just amateurs trying to have some fun in the game. Uh, if you had a shank, um, so did uh, so did kids. Um, mm. so did. So did uh, Michael Block at the uh, PGA the week before, which we spoke about. But yeah. a lot of the chat 
was around the block party, which continued uh, continued on in full force in the lead up to this uh, event, and uh, obviously yep. through round one and two, missed the cut. Uh, yeah, he did like something like thirty five interviews. Like he was he was everywhere. He was Michael Block everywhere. He was on yeah. every corner block. Yes. Um, um, I probably I don't think I talked about him last. Time. I know Rocket was was loved the story. The story was good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive the way that he hung on last week and and played quite well to finish it. What he did was an exceptional result. The hole in one was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was always going to be a massive ask to turn up and play another professional tournament the week after. I mean, you look at the guys that do this every single week, and they get tired. Now Tony Finau missed the cut. Um, he's a guy who was clearly battled last week, battled this week. He's just not feeling it for a guy who doesn't play tournament golf every week to play four rounds at the PGA and then shoot down to Texas, which he was not expecting to play and then play well was, was always going to be a recipe for disaster. Um, and yeah, Stone Marvelous round one was shocking round two. He looked like he settled. He shot 74, but I mean, still not, not close. I mean, he's missed, he's missed dead last by three shots to second last. Um, there were tears. Yeah. There were there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of cheers. There was there was a lot of um, yeah. cajoling the crowd. You know, fist pumping the crowd. On yeah, yeah. Is that how you would have uh, you know gone into this event? You know, backing up after you know probably the biggest PGA of your of your life. Um, um, would you? Have just- I don't know. I mean, he's a, clearly a different character. He talks a lot. He commentates. One of the bits I was watching on one might have been one of the feature groups. I think he played. He played with Minwoo, and Minwoo hit a ball. And you could hear someone talking in the background after he hit it. And it was Michael Block, like, saying, like, oh, that's not the line I'm going to be taking like that. It's just like, he's, it was like he was playing with his mates. It wasn't like he was playing a professional tournament. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it, look, he enjoyed it. Good luck to him. Um, I'd be shocked if he's not thinking about, does he really want to go and play the Canadian Open in two weeks where he got the invite there as well? Um, he'll be, he'll be but, there. The block party, be, the block party, yeah, or Canada, just churning it out. Um, yeah, don't know, don't know. Probably the biggest story for him this week was the one of the interviews he did with, um, yeah, um, Bob Memory, Bob Memory, yeah, where he yeah. told the world that he was equally, um, if he could hit it as far as Rory, that he would yeah. be elite and as good as Rory, one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, is it? Which was, you know, probably something that he he. He doesn't have media training, I would guess. Um, yeah, he probably needs to learn to rein in the those sorts of comments, knowing that if the world's watching you, it's going to go around the world. Look, it was on Bob Henry, and if you don't know who Bob Henry is, go and um, uh, Google the work that he does. He's a very, very funny guy. Um, he is. Very short. He's very funny. Well, he's very talented in, uh, in the world of media. Very funny. Um, so uh, maybe it was a little bit... Um, you know, as, as reporter taken out of context, you know, I was having a bit of fun with it. Maybe we only got to hear the grab, but um, but yeah, you probably you probably would stick away from saying if I could hit it as far as uh, Rory, I'd be one of the best players in the world. Um, anyway, you mentioned something there, Mike. Uh, tired. Uh, we're all tired. We're all you know nearly halfway through the year. We're all you know been working pretty hard and and burning you know the candle at both ends. You know you've been putting the work in at the cheese factory. Uh, you've been putting the work at the golf course. Um, you've got the dairy up and running. You've just got the the, the systems firing. <laughs> I love people must just think I literally am a work, cheesemonger. Work, or make work in <laughs> make <dairy>. cheese. <laughs> the, the, you milk cows. <laughs> the closest dairy to my house is you know 
I don't even know, 200 kilometres away. Wouldn't have a clue. But the point is, you've been you've been grinding. You've you've you're playing now the equivalent to the cheese elevated events. You've stepped up a league. You're now on the PGA Tour level of cheese. Um, you're grinding. You but you know we're sitting here at eight o'clock. We do this late because it's we're working hard. You're tired. Some of the players are saying that they're tired. You mentioned that some of the players are tired, and that's why Michael Block and who someone else didn't play that well. Um, what are we? What what's happening? You know how how is the PJ working to stop the play, their players, their assets being tired? It's a tough schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the PJ Tour cares if they're tired. To be honest, I think no. they no, they don't care. Hmm. They're all they're all just getting whipped into shape. And um, no, I think at, at the end of the day. Most of the time, the players would historically have picked and chosen their their schedule a long ways out. Many many guys that have, have got their tour cards sewn up anyway. That is not the guys that are trying to work to keep them or earn them. Um, and I think this year they're probably first year around with the elevated or designated events. They've probably knowing that they have to play the majority. They probably picked and choose events, chosen events that they outside of those elevated events, they probably don't need to play anymore, but have done them historically and well, their workloads are a bit up and down. I wouldn't be shocked if there's guys that have looked at it and said, right, well, next year this needs to change. The, the way that I attack the year is going to change and, and like we talked about before we started the recording, like, we don't even know what the, the new calendar is going to look like yet. But what's your, what's your read on what that calendar might look like that might help you know, these players that are claiming that they're tired? Um, yep. and you know potentially yeah. attracting for their preparation oh. for majors and so on. What's what do you? Yeah. What's your vision oh. on what next year might look like? There's, there's absolutely no doubt that the the top, we'll call it top thirty players in the world are probably getting surveyed as to actually. Oh, they'd be if on the PGA Tour right now. What am I doing? Right, I know that next year's calendar is going to run from January to we'll call it like August September, whatever it is. So we're not having the silly season anymore. Um, You'll have the Tour Championship President's Cup will be two weeks later, and then before that is that's it. So post that, we won't have any of those other tournaments anymore. If they're going to have whatever the number is, 12, 13, 14 of these specialist events, they're probably surveying everyone and putting more stock in the top guys and saying, where do you see yourself wanting to play and when? Um, leading into majors, do they want to have elevated uh, the elevated events the week before? Do they not? They prefer them spread out, or they want back-to-backs. You know, some guys like playing the week before a major, some don't. So they're going to have to take all that stuff into account because next year, effectively, what it will look like, no matter how it shakes out, is I'm going to say it's 12, 13 elevated events plus four majors um, spread between Jan and August. And most, of, and most of those guys probably wouldn't have played that many events in that period. They might have had one or two others that have played post that time. Um, so, yeah, I think that they're probably just going to have to space it all out and figure out how, what works, not just for um, media rights and not just for, you know, time of year where the golfers need to be. You know, they're going to be on the East Coast for a swing and fire a swing and everything else. They're also going to figure out how do these guys get through it all without being too too tired. Mm. Because they all want to peak for the majors. I mean, that, that's my new news. So you think that by August, um, you know, post-August, there's not going to be... What, how do they how do they handle that part of the season then? How do they handle post-August? Yeah. What happens? Oh, there, there, there'll be no tournaments. No tor- so just August, no. August, September, October, November, December. Yep. Yep. 
it's part of, I mean, effectively, it's part of the conversations that have happened before and after live is effectively how do the guys get more downtime and post normally what would happen is you would have the tour championship and then you would have a week off the top tier guys playing president's cup or Ryder cup and then you know sanderson farms or whatever the event is the week after in napa is the week after and that's it so i'm just looking i'm just pulling up the calendar now so tour championship last year was last week of august 24th 27th and then the fortinet was in the 14th to the 17th which was the the new season which is yeah that's not going to happen okay oh um i hadn't really put too much thought into that potentiality i know it's been mute and discussed and whatever but um is that is that good is that good for you know here i was beforehand saying there's too much golf um you know too much of these big events you know like it's hard to keep track and concentrate and you know, do you, is it better to have con- less bigger events, all that sort of stuff? Um, does that mean that potentially more players might come home and play in Australia and that sort of thing? Does that have any impact there, or? Yeah, does it? Um, I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, that that that's it. I mean, the honest answer is it probably opens the door for the Australian events to be able to get some guys that aren't Aussies, some mm-hmm. top tier players. Like realistically. I know it's not, I'm just going to use John Rahm as the example. Once upon a time, John Rahm's probably still been playing and then a handful of tournaments here and there, and then he's going to have no interest in heading to the other side of the world. But if he's got two or three weeks off, four weeks off um, between events, maybe someone can tip in enough money to get him to Australia to play golf. Hmm. Not sure. And it may be a good way to prepare for that early January kickoff. Oh, it's amazing over the years the correlation between players that have come home to come come to Australia to play, and then gone back over to the states hmm. and started their season that that have played good golf early. It's amazing whether okay. it keeps them sharp or skill set, whatever it is. It's it's amazing to see how often that happens. Oh well, there you go, PJ Tour. Not only is he genius in cheese, he's genius in. Um you know, working out how it should be done. If you want to contact him, you can get a hold of him here at the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so man, blank check. Man, Magic Mike. Uh, Mike, this week the uh, tour moves to another fairly significant oh, event. Before, oh, sorry, sorry, before we do, before yes. we do Memorial, yes, we okay. should just say Te- well, Teepstar. Well, yep. Um, nobody picked Emiliano Grillo. Uh, the closest was D Vader, Darth Vader, who had Adam Schenk, which is a very good, very good pick. And I know who D Vader is. That's um, a friend of mine, John Rush from down in Geelong. Um, he didn't tell me that he picked um, that, but that's a very good pick by Rushy. He's just gone sneaky. Um, He's gone stealth. He's gone. Funnily enough, Rushy's in Rushy's Rushy's in the world of um, Rushy is a a mad gambler. Knows his knows his gambling inside out. But to make you feel better, Ross, Rushy decided with some free bets that we had the other week that he would put them on the PGA Championship just as a you know. We'll see how we go this week. I should have. He said, "I should have asked you, Mike, because you're the you're the bloke that knows all about golf." But I like these two guys, two guys for the PGA. And I said, "That's great, Rushy. I, I think those guys are a chance as well." But you've backed them for the Open Championship. 
<laughs> so it happens to everyone. He he knows that app inside out, Roscoe. So don't feel bad. It happens to everybody. Uh, and appreciate uh, the memes that came through by. We mentioned already mentioned him. He'll get another mention in a minute. Um, PK from Sydney, uh, one of our loyal listeners. Um, thank you, uh, PK, for the memes um, showing me not knowing which button to hit. Uh, and what else? What, what other meme did he have? Did he generate? What was the other one? Uh, that that was the one that was the one that I liked the most. Yeah. There was a second one as well. There was the first round leader and the um and the outright bet, which was good. Uh, I'm actually going to see PK this weekend. Where's PK? He's in Sydney. Oh, oh, that's right. You're going up for the football. I am going up for the football. Um, to see the mighty uh, Melbourne City. You, you must be happy they're not playing Western United, my boys. Who are they? Did they even play this year? Did they turn up this they year? They won last year. I remember they won last year. They yeah. beat your side. Yeah, in the grand final. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Uh, no, they've got the Central Coast Mariners, um, who are a sneaky form team. They've got some great players. Uh, interestingly, uh, Jamie McLaren, who's a Scottish-Australian, um, Australian-born Scottish parent, uh, Scottish father, um, is playing as a game's leading all-time goal scorer and uh, playing uh, number nine for... Um, the beloved Melbourne City, and um, the come dog, um, Jason Cummings, is the striker, uh, equally very, very good player, who is Scottish-born but plays for Australia. It's uh, it's quite amazing. Um, Edinburgh boy. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see those two boys uh, going at each other's respective goals. But no, I, I made the decision just yesterday to go up. It's um, It'll be the last match of... One of our former guests, um, one of our previous guests, Scott Jamison, who's a very good friend of mine, very good friend of the podcast, and just an all-round uh, Australian soccer legend. It's Scotty's last match because he's announced his retirement. He'll move into the Melbourne City coaching setup, and I just wouldn't feel right by not uh, being a 10, 11-year Melbourne City member by not going up and seeing my mate's uh, last ever match. So jumping on the early uh, Qantas frequent fly points plane up there Saturday, uh, I'll go to the football. I've got a, pick, a ticket for PK and I. So PK said, if you're going, I'm coming. Um, I think he's got his own match to play. He's over 75s um, football in Northern Districts so Football Association where he plays. That's very, he probably won't come now because I just caught him. He plays in over 75s, might be over 35s. Uh, and we're going to get together and um, come. He's, uh, the only penance that he has to endure is sitting with the Melbourne City fans. He's a Sydney City FC fan, but uh, he's going to sit down with the Melbourne City faithful. There's going to be about 12 of us there. Um, so I can't wait. Looking forward to it. And then I'll be back uh, on the 7 o'clock flight and back to Drum and Golf Melbourne Sunday. So if uh, we win and you're in town in Melbourne and you want to get some uh, Callaway Chrome Sauce Pro V1s, uh, Strixon ZXVs, whatever, um, come and see me. And if we've won, only if we've won. Just don't buy any of the Tideless number 21s because every time I go in, they're out and someone else is buying them. Well, if you want some, you just got to remind me on a Monday when I'm there. Nah, so can I you get the 21s and put them away? I just got to stop losing them. Is that that would be the key? Um, yeah. Anyways, before I forget, we have got to do the top five. Top five in Teepster. So yes. Jim J. Jim J's in the lead by uh, two hundred. Oh no, not even that. One hundred and fifty odd thousand. KT in second, fifteen million. M Log Roscoe in third, seventeen. Uh, fourteen point eight. And the golfing tattooist in fourteen point five in fourth. And Shenry thirteen point five uh, in fifth. So we'll do top five. Yep. The golfing tattooist, uh, Dan, picked up Sam Burns. As I said before, I had Sam Burns, and then I edited pick and went with Kurt Kitayama, and I mentioned off-air that I'm never going to watch Kurt Kitayama play golf again. I've always, we've talked about him. He was another one that came through the European Tour, DP World Tour, um, made his pathway that way. 
Uh, yep. And he played pretty well in some in the PGA. He finished like top ten. I'm not a fan. I'm, I've, I've gone off him after his um, fifty thousand dollars. Don't like his swing. I don't like. He just hit too many errant shots. So I'm clearly not going to pick him in tapes anymore. But if it, my bet comes around, if I get the opportunity to have a bet in our little betting, you know, five dollar a week bet. You can um, bet in this week. You can go this week. Okay, I'm not going to pick Kurt Kitayama. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kurt, if you're listening. Um, there we go. All right. That's Teepster done. Uh, back to the PGA Tour. The, we've got yes, the, Memorial. The Memorial, another reasonably um, fair-sized event. Yep. Uh, at Millfield uh, Village, which is uh, Jack Nicholas's home, and uh, it's brought to you by Workday, of organisation which we've already p- talked about in the past that you're very familiar with, Mike. Um, you probably. I was working. I was in Workday today. Doing work in Workday. You, you yep. work, so you're effectively um, helping sponsor. Um, onboarding, the, onboarding, the, onboarding. You've got some staff coming into the um, cheese factory. Yeah, new new hire starting in a couple of weeks. So yep. doing ordering mobile phones and ordering. Uh, he's going to be managing my milk and butter business. Okay, and you were organising mobile phones. Well, kind of, yeah. Plugging in, plugging into the system for it to all be approved. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, just hitting the approvals. But uh, the leader of the free cheese world doesn't go out and buy the, a mobile phone for his staff. No, <laughs> no, okay, right. no, no. That's uh, I wouldn't even know how that happens. It just literally goes into work day, and then like the laptop that's sitting behind me, it somehow just gets couriered to my house, and that's okay. it. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. thanks for supporting work day, so they can support golf. Uh, support in, this in in America. Uh, doing my, doing my bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, big event, memorial, um, elevated event, $20 million purse. So as you can imagine, everybody's back. The big guns are back. Um, it's the one was a bit of a quirky event. So two about two years ago, three years ago, they uh, blew up the course and redid it. Um, Jack wanted to make it a little bit tougher. Um, you will rem- also remember it for all of you keen PGA Tour watchers. It's... It's, it's so funny to talk about this, but coming out of COVID, when we started getting golf events again and we stopped watching um, whatever that West Texas golf tour that we were watching, or I was watching, um, the they had a, a tournament where they, of course, they had two tournaments on the same course in back-to-back weeks. That was uh, here. So, um, yeah, it was uh, two very different tournaments. You had one that was a little bit softer and then they sort of turned it right up for the second tournament. Um, the top... Well, to the top five in the data, like again, top 15 again, sorry. Um, shocking, shocking the top two guys that are at the top of the, top of the data lake this week. Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. No who, surprise there at who all. Who would have ever thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Uh, John Rahm, is, this is the tournament where two years ago he uh, got COVID and had to, I think he was leading by six and had to... Um, oh, they dragged him. Withdraw, yeah. So that was this event and the year before he'd won it. So his last three years, he finished 10th last year. He had the withdrawal with COVID the, week, the year before that and he won the year before that. So fair to say he's got some reasonable form at this course. Scotty, third here two years ago. Um, after that, Xander Shoffley is uh, in the data lake. Uh, next up, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, Colin Morikawa, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, Patrick Cantlay, Matt Kucha is right up there, which is an interesting one. Tom Kim, who can't quite find the form that he's had late last year. Joseph Bramlett, who is a um, good Amer- African-American golfer that's come through. I'm trying to say that as knowledge is out of my brain. I really hope that's correct. Mark Homeless Hubbard and Eric Cole. Um, so there's a few real smokies there, but a couple of them have been showing um, reasonable form. Like Mark Hubbard was ninth last week at the Charles Schwab and 18th in Mexico. Probably not two of the bigger events, but 
Yeah, playing some good golf. So that's the Data Lake top 15. So that's all of your stats that you drag from everywhere that you drag your stats from, put it into your pivot tables and all of your statistical analysis that's yeah. running, running on the um, the dairy uh PC. <laughs> no, that's certainly not. There's one thing that I can tell you for free when you work for a big company. Oh, you don't put your personal stuff on there, right? Okay. You do not personal stuff on the okay. laptop, okay. especially when it involves gambling because okay. every gambling website is shut down from any work laptop. Uh, that's an important point for the new players coming into um, corporate <laughs> work life. Don't do that sort of stuff on your workday PC. Um, no. Uh, but interesting, the, power, the where I was going is the power rankings on the PJ Tour site. Um very similar yes. in the top 15, but I'll just – can I run through yeah, what, no, no what, shock. what they've got? So, yes. no shock. They've got John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay at number two, uh, Scotty Scheffler at number three, Xander Schauffelet at four, Rory five, and Ricardo, Ricardo Fallet at uh, six, uh, Corey Connors, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, and Sihith Tagala, one of the favourites of mine. Uh, Jordan, um, Jordan's number 11. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if Jordan's going to figure – could be wrong. Uh, Siwoo Kim, Victor Hovland, Adam Scott, and Sung J M. So a little difference in between their power rankings, top fifteen, and, and the uh, data lake. It is the difference is um, firstly most of those lists are just the favourites, which is great. Um, it's uh, it always amuses me when I see the go- the gambling agencies. They get Joe Bloggs working, um, uh, who's on um, you know what's it called when you go working the work experience kid in to do their. Uh, their horse for uh, their, their golf tips for the majors, and their two tips for the majors are Scott Scheffler and John Rahm. So really going in on a limb stuff. Um, so yeah, it's very similar because effectively, what the data lake is, and I, the people that have listened to this before, I apologise. I'll make it quick. Yeah, effectively, I picked five or six stats this week: um, bogey avoidance, um, strokes gain approach from about two hundred and twenty-five to two hundred and fifty yards. Um, strokes gain approach in general, uh, tee to green, strokes gained, uh, and things that I know that you're going to need to perform well at here. And then I look at how who's performed well in those stats over the last sort of 12 months, and then I drag it all in, and then I say, right, strokes gain approach itself is something that I see as key, so I'm going to up, up that. I'm going to bring down the bogey avoidance a little bit, tweak it. Then it gives me a number, and that number is what ranks my, my players. Um from there, I can then look at how have they gone here at this tournament before, and I, I always take into account new course two years ago, and how they performed coming in. And yeah, I agree. Someone like Tyrrell Hatton, Adam Scott, um, even Akshay, they are all got people, and Jordan Spieth are all guys that I think can win, right? So Jordan Spieth has a good example. I'm just trying to find him on the data lake. I think he can win. He's ranked 45th in the data lake. But if I overlay where he sits, so it's probably two thirds of or one third of the way through the field. But his last four times he's played here, 18, 18, 13, seventh. So he, he's got good form. It just depends whether his wrist is any good or not. Mm. Well, he, he's been struggling. We we all like Jordan when he's going well and we all want to see him yeah. going well, but he has been struggling a little bit. It's part, um, of, it's part of rubbish. Yeah, like and that's his that's his wonder stick. That's his magic power. But uh, anyway Okay. Um, well, I'm not sure who I'm going to tip yet. Uh, I'm not sure who I've got left. I've used a few of the big guns, but uh, I'm sure I've got a couple of sneaky big guns left. Maybe someone that's in that uh, top half a dozen or so. Ricky Fowler. I, I just don't know if I can put a Ricky Fowler in the uh, the tips to tip there if Ricky's only. But it's great to see him back. Like 
you know, he's a whipping boy for a lot of people who like to discuss this sort of stuff. You know, he's, he's but he's playing well. He's been working on his swing. He's got those new moves. Um, it's good to he's, see him back. It's good to see him back. A hundred percent. And to put it into context, he's changed. He's back with Butch. Uh, if you look at where he sits in strokes gained versus the field through 2021 to the start of this year, he was literally PGA Tour average. And now he's sitting at nearly two strokes per round better than tour average. So that is a massive, massive difference um, in improvement. And I could probably quickly go through and see what it is. Putting hasn't really moved. Around the green hasn't really moved. Approach is up. So his irons are working, and that is key for somewhere like here. So he's gone from pretty much looks like his whole career, well, at least back to 2019. He was PGA Tour average, and now again, he's sitting one shot above field in tour average. Off the tee is pretty normal. Uh, driving distance hasn't really changed, and his accuracy is just above tour average now. So it really is in his strokes count approach that he's, that he's picked it up. I must touch base with uh, Brenton, who's part of the Teepster crew and listens in, uh, who's one of the Cobra uh, Australia marketing geniuses. That's just to check in what's in the bag with uh, Ricky. Is he still using the tiniest blades ever known in tiny blade history? Have you, have you seen those blades, those Ricky Fowler no. blades? They no, are, they are they're beautiful, but they are tiny. They've got the thinnest top line, the thin, thinnest uh, blade length, the pointy just butter knife blades, but... I wonder if he's still using it. That's uh, anyway. By the by, uh, just a few. Oh, I just saw. I just saw, I just looked them up, and you can buy them. Cobra Ricky Fowler prototype iron sets. I'm not going to mention where they're for sale because it's not Drum and Golf Melbourne, mm-hmm. but they're out of stock, and they were four grand. That, well, that doesn't really sound like a bargain. No, well, there was a special limited edition like Ricky Fowler. Like the, the, these, these are the ones. The, yeah. the exact clubs that Ricky was using, and then there was yep. another version of that which. These are, these look like the they look like a um, they were Ricky specs, but the the, the, the ones you can get, yeah the ones you can get now look exactly the same, but they're not exactly the same club that Ricky is using, and they're more the normal price of a golf club. I was going to say they're not full grain. No, um, yeah. just a few details on the course. Obviously, it's past seventy two. It's going to play at seven thousand five hundred and seventy one yards. Uh, there's about twenty four acres of fairway and about one hundred and ten acres of rough. Clearly, I'm reading this because Mike did some great research. That's a um, lot of um. That's a lot of um, grass to maintain. That's a lot of grass. Uh, 68 sand bunkers and 13 water hazards uh, where there's 13 holes in play with those water. So we know the memorial. Uh, we know the water that does come into play. Uh, it's on bent grass, bent grass collars, bent grass greens, bent grass approaches, uh, tees, fairway. So full um, bent grass and the rough is Kentucky bluegrass with a bit of rye and fescue um, seeded in. So, you know, for those of the turf nerds out there, that is what, they will be playing off. I saw Herbie out there making um, Pew Dog do some divot uh, catching practice. Um, you know, Herbie in his elevated um, Instagram profile trying to get that uh, pip money. He had Pew Dog standing about 50 metres away while he was hitting a practice shot over his head uh, and he made him had to mark the, the divot. Uh, in the vision that I saw Pew Dog drop the mark uh, and drop the Herbie's fillet, which was about a foot long. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as he didn't get hit in the head with a golf ball, he's okay. So that means if you put about 1,770 more of those together, that's as far as I would have swum this week of Herbie's divots, a uh, foot-long divot. Um, anyway, by the by. Uh, anyway, very good. Um, that's the memorial. Anything else on the memorial? Right. No, that's it. Good luck to anyone uh, playing. 
Uh, another event that caught my eye last week was the PGA Tour Champions, the um, PGA Championship, Senior PGA Championship. Uh, I caught a bit of the last day and uh, I saw the supergroup out there playing head-to-head and it was pretty good. You know, it was pretty good to watch Stuart Stricker. Um, no secrets that my money would have been and my heart would have been with Padraig Harrington uh, and Stewie Sink. Um just going at it and playing really good golf and hitting the ball supremely well. If you want to learn how to chip the golf ball, go and watch Stuart Stricker. Um, Steve, uh, sorry, Steve, Steve Stricker. Sorry, um, Steve Stricker chipped the golf ball. Uh, his action is sublime, and he just chips the dots off it. He's so good with the putter as well. And if you want to see a supreme ball striker who, at fifty-one or two years old, um, has PGA Tour level elite speeds he is very very good obviously played very well in the pga championship the week before Mm. Uh, but it was great to see those those guys and you know some of the other names that really not that long ago you know were the champions of the game uh why yang now who doesn't remember why yang took down tiger won a pga won a pga um i think he played he definitely played last week. I think yeah, he finished second last. Yeah. He did. Um, Stephen Alka, who uh, we talked about in the lead-up to the PGA and then didn't play very well in the PGA, obviously didn't make the cut, but he was up there T5. He's a cash machine in the, in the seniors tour. Darren Clark, another one of my favorites. Miguel Angel Jimenez, VJ Singh. Marco Dawson, who I didn't... I was about to say, you better not skip Marco. Marco Dawson, who I didn't even know who he was until I saw him hitting balls on the Royal Troon Fairway. <laughs> I thought he was a caddy. Uh, <laughs> there you go, but anyway. It's no, funny. Uh, they, these guys are all literally... From when I really started following golf, Scott McCarran, these guys are all tearing up the PJ Tour. Marco Dawson, uh, the mechanic. <laughs> yeah. They're all playing. Robbie Carlson. He, um, I don't know what it is about those Swedes, but uh, they are fit. They were, they were like Carlson, Parnovic, Thorb, no, what was his name? There were so many of those guys that were just, they were all over the PJ Tour back in the day. Robbie Carlson looks like a million bucks. Um, anyway, and not a Swede, but uh, um, a Dane, Tommy Tommy Bjorn, doesn't look like a million bucks, but still playing really good golf. Anyway, mm. I, I like watching that last round, and I, Padraig, I thought, he, I thought he'd get it done, but uh, um, didn't get it done, you know, anyway, in a playoff. Uh, and I think there's going to be, uh, is it the PGA? Is it the course that they played at, that Fields Ranch? Um, is there a, a major going to play there in a few years' time? Where they play this Fr- event? Yeah, Frisco, in Frisco. I think there's a major going to be played there in a couple of, a few years' time. Um, anyway, I'll come back to you on that. There's definitely an event going to Frisco, but I can't remember which one it is, to be honest. So there are US Open or PGA, and it's going to um, that uh, Gilhance design course. Okay, um, what else do we have? Uh, another event that I caught a little bit of. I didn't see the final, uh, but I saw some of the quarterfinals, um, the match play. It's always great to watch match play. I love watching match play, and the girls were going toe-to-toe at it and uh, some really tight matches. I thought that uh, we were going to see a Lynn Grant and Leona Maguire final. It wasn't to be um, with uh, Lynn Grant coming up against Leona. Uh, no, Lynn Grant being defeated by Padgeri Ananarakan. I'll leave that for you. Ananarakan. Yep. Uh, and Leona Maguire um, coming up against uh, Ayaka Furue. Um, but uh, Paraji Ananarakan uh, getting the job done there at uh, Shadow Creek. Yeah, Shadow it was good. It was a bit of watch. Watch a little bit of that. Um, yeah, very, very interested to see how Lingrant goes over the next kind of 
few months. For those that don't know, she's been tearing apart the ladies' European tour. Hadn't been able to come to play in the States because she uh, is unvaccinated, is the honest answer. So they wouldn't let her in, so she couldn't play. So they've changed those rules now, so she can come and play on the, European, uh, the US tour. Uh, or in the US in general. And um, yeah, she's in her first event, has nearly pinched the match play. So she won the week before, because I bet her the week before um, over in Europe. So yeah, she's she's a talent. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how far up the ranking she can go very quickly. Anuna Rakan won. Uh, I don't know much about her. Ayaka for, for, for away. Fine, fine young, fine golfer. Um, hit some great shots, but just got uh, defeated there in the final. Shadow Creek. What do you know about Shadow Creek? That's uh, that's where they play the matches, right? The win. I think it's part of the win group, the casino group. Uh, MGM, sorry, MGM Resort um, in Vegas. Yeah, it's literally you can go and play there if you're if you're staying at the hotel. I'm, I don't know whether it's an invite or whether you can just play an exor- pay an exorbitant amount to play it. Um, they even for this tournament, it was invite only. So. There was very limited people in the spectators because you had to either be invited or be, um, the, you know, so whoever it was. There was very few general admission passes for people to go and watch, which was a bit weird. Um, but yeah, the, the course looked okay. It looked a little bit like, um, say, it looked like Disneyland. I don't know. It looked a little bit very much different terrain that I'd expect to see in Vegas. We'll put it that way. There's a lot more elevation movement than I would expect. Um, and yeah, it was it was just, you know, looked like another golf course. It's uh, got the fake waterfalls and all that, so it looks nice, but it's manufactured. Yeah. Uh, manufacture is a good word. Yeah. Manufacture is a good word. I can't imagine how much dirt they would have had to move to to make that place. Now, what else do we have? We had live golf. Um, either of us watched a lot of live golf or any live golf in your case, uh, Mike. But uh, Harold Varner third one. Now, I know you're a big Harold Varner the third fan. You know what's good about Harold Varner the third winning at live golf for you, Mike? Uh <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, I'm happy he won. He's yeah. my favourite player on Live. Yeah, yeah well, definitely. That's, that's what I mean. It's a low. It is a low base. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I, I do love Harold Varner. I think he's a a really good guy all the way through his time on the PGA Tour. Really enjoyed him. Obviously, a lot of the Aussies would know him as the guy who came out and won an Australian PGA. Well, probably close to ten years ago now. Always, always been great with interviews. I know. I think I've mentioned the Tour Junkies podcast three times already tonight. But fourth time is he's done their podcast a lot. Um, he does a lot for charity. Has his own charity even before he was. You know the name that he probably is now, the bigger name that he's becoming. Um, and people will know him as the guy who won the Saudi International last year before the seventy meter punt, by the look of it. Um, but yeah, I'm just happy that he won. Look, I mean, he he's been a guy that's gone to live and done it well. You know, he's he's like DJ and DJ and probably Cam have just done it and shut up. Um, but Harold's probably gone in the middle. He's He's been vocal, but he's vocal that, look, I'm here for the money. I'm not going to tell you I'm doing this to do anything else. It's not about playing less. It's not about this. It's generational wealth for my family and ensuring that I think he's got it's his little girl, I think it's his daughter, um, grows up and has money and her kids have money and, yeah. And the fund, and the work, and the money that he puts towards that foundation. Yeah, yeah that, definitely. Uh, gets uh, a lot of um, kudos in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, Torquay were the leading team and um, yeah, don't know too much more about that. There's obviously a lot of stuff going on with uh, Phil's unblocking everyone. Um, Phil's opening himself back up to the Twitterati again. So uh, there's been a little bit of... Yeah, I don't know. I find it odd. I find it weird. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, Phil's never been backwards and coming forwards. I think he he's starting to unblock people. My guess is he's going to... If much as he said, I'm going to take a backward step and not be as vocal. It seems it seems like he's going to be more vocal, um, and unblocking people means that you know 
he'll be then able to interact with more people and talk to more people. So I'll be interested to see if Rocket has been unblocked. <laughs> that's why. That's why I did ask that. Uh, I wonder if uh, Rocket has to um, bin the burn the t-shirt. Have a, an official. I got uh, blocked by Phil yeah. Nicholson. Which t-shirt was brought to you by Matt Mollica from the Australian Golf Passport podcast? Uh, I wonder if he has to burn that if he has been unblocked. Probably not. A hey, um, okay. Anything else? DP World Tour, KLM, KLM, uh, the KLM Open. Uh, didn't watch it. Didn't watch this. I know um, Pablo Larrazabal. Yep, Larrazabal, uh One. Um, the guy we talked about last week who's playing good golf and trying to get onto the Ryder Cup team, Adrian Otegui. Second, um, our boy Adrian Moronk was right in the mix in the last round. I thought he was going to pinch it, um, but he fell a little bit short. Another guy who's trying to get onto that team. It really was an event. Every time I checked the scores, as much as I didn't watch it, it was really looks like a bunch of guys that are just trying to get their way onto that, that team. Because mm. the, those bottom four spots are right up for grabs. What happened to my mate, George Campillo? He was right up there after day one or day two. Great question. Just, just fell away. George, yeah, great yeah. question. He no... was he was right in the, well, right in the mix. He was shot 60, 63 in round one, um, leading comfortably, and then went 71, eh, hanging on, 76, 75 on the weekend. Mm. So, yeah, I think he probably had a really big Friday night. Is that a red line through um, George for Ryder Cup contention? I know there's oh, ranking points and tips, and there's a bit to go, but uh, yeah, he, he'd be he'd be right around the mark. I don't. We'll probably should do some sort of um, some sort of uh, analysis, you know, show about the Ryder Cup and how the, how the teams are going to be picked. Um, right now, Data Golf is running a really good stat around a list around who they think's in and who they think is out. Uh, right now. The European team is Ram, McElroy, Hatton, Hovland, Rose, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Lowry. How am I at now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight. Moronk, nine. Stefan Jaeger, who'd be, yeah, maybe. Uh, Alex Noren, I think, will probably get on. And then you've got a bunch of people that can get in. So you've got Rye, Detry, Power, and the amateur, who I know Tron from um, No Laying Up is pushing for, Ludwig Aberg, um, to get on. And he's ranked right up there. Now, what, just, what was that I saw that Ludwig is migrating from uh, the PGA to, uh, to, to the PGA Tour? He's like coming from yeah. the college system to the PGA Tour. Is that right? Yeah, so the PGA Tour U this year, um, so they've got, um, it's one person, I think it's one person, gets a, t- a ticket in. So they get a card for next year. I don't know, it'll be some sort of, I don't know, it's a full ticket, whether it's part ticket, whatever it is. Well, that's but Yeah, he, he, he right. becomes exempt next year. That's come out and it's Ludwig, uh, Tron's Ludwig's got it. That's it, number one. They've been keeping up to date. They've been showing the rankings all the way through the season. And yeah, he he uh, was announced this year college player of the year. I think he was, and then he gets the t- he, he won the ticket in as well. <laughs> it's but um, so funny. behind that, sorry, go. I was just gonna say, it's so funny. Yeah, my guy Ludwig, <laughs> he's yeah, he's got exactly. He's been red hot. Well, he was on the last season of Tour Source for anyone who wants to, yeah. wants to watch some great great footage of um Scandinavia part of the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the ones that are just outside that surely, surely, surely are going to come into contention: Sepp Straka and the Hoygaard brothers. Um, they're going to be right in the mix. So as much as it, it is a, it, there's four or five spots up, there's probably 10, 15 that can get it. Um, Euro team, uh, sorry, Euro, right? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, nine. Uh, the US team is a little more set. Uh, 
Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantlay, Finau, Morikawa, Homer, Thomas, Wyndham Clark, maybe, Ricky Fowler, Spieth, and then it gets a little bit sketchy. I think Brooke, I says Brooks is next, and Brooks is 100% getting in. He's not the one that's sketchy. It gets down to Cameron Young, who I think would be a 50-50. Russell Henley, maybe not. Willie Z's injured, and then DJ. So I really think that that DJ is fighting for that last spot, but I think he needs to play well in one of the next two majors to, to punch his ticket in. Um, and then after that, yeah, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, Sahith Thagala, and McCarthy. And then, yeah, yeah, down to kind of Harold Varner and Reed and Gooch and Howell, who I don't think will get in. Hey, just can I just go back? Sorry to. I agree. Um, Brooks is Brooks is a lock, and DJ he's he's got a, he's fighting. Um, I don't mind the sounds of that European team. The yeah, I don't, no, it's they're always going to be up again. Well, not always. I think the tides shifted back to America, um, the US with the the Ryder Cup superiority. Um, it's far less uh, aligned towards the uh, the Europeans at the moment, um, but it's it's a solid team. It's a solid team. Yeah, they could they could pinch it. Um, anyway, we'll talk. I think more. I think the the it's like any sport. Yeah, you, it's not about your your strongest. It's your, it's like it's your bottom three, right? So your bottom three on the US team are going to be Sam Burns, Cam Young, maybe DJ. Versus Hoygaard brothers, or yeah, uh, Ludwig Aberg. Mm. So yeah, that that's that's where the that's where the gap's going to be because you know they've all got to play singles, and at some point they're going to be playing somewhere. So they, they've got to hold their own. Hey, um, sorry, just back to Ludwig. What episode on Tourist Horse was he on? Was he the one that they played with on that little short course, that little small course? I can't remember if it was a short course, but he he flew in to play with them. Um, yeah, and and TC got all nervous. That's all I remember. Right. Okay. I'm 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 I might go and watch it again. Um. Cool. Uh, if you're in that part of the world, go and look at Brohoff slot. Um, looks like a great course. Another part. So Gary uh, Gary Lisbon has been putting out some uh, content related to Lofoten Links, which is even further up north from there. Uh, that's another one on the. You have to go and check it out at some point in your but- golfing journey. They went there, so that that was the final. Was it Lofoten? Lofoten. Um, when they played the final, but uh, the Ludwig episode is episode six, I believe. Okay. Well, if you want to know more about Ludwig Alberg, Ludwig Alberg, um, go and look at that. Cool. Anything else, Mike? Nothing else? Have we missed anything? Uh, no, that is it. Oh, one thing. Ooh, um, good away. job to um, Tommy Cotogio this week with Random Golf Club. So just, it was good. Uh, I got out and had a hit with Tommy uh, and and his crew. Um, probably not, honestly, a big random golf club guy anymore. But um, yeah, it was just good. It was good to see people getting into the game. It was probably more about what that originally started off as than anything else. It was good to see a lot of people that um, are really just starting their journey and picking up golf clubs out there having a go, um, and even a few young um, younger guys that are either just started getting lessons at, at Royal Park and, and a couple of girls that are getting lessons at Albert Park, uh, Royal Park that uh, that came down to play in the group. And I think we played as about a 15-some um, best ball and it was good. Just nice, easy Saturday afternoon. If you are wanting to, you know, find a group of golfers to hang out with on a, you know, social casual round of golf, uh, you can go 
and sign up, not sign up, but uh, there's no sign up. Uh, Random Golf Club Melbourne Instagram is the best place. And Tommy Cotoggio, who is one of the guys that works for Green Space, uh, which has got uh, Freeway Golf and Royal Park. Uh, Tommy is one of the Random Golf Club Melbourne OGs. He was there at the very first uh, round, as were you, Mike, um, when Eric and Stu were out here and they called that event, that meetup. This is, could be, this is like a random golf club. Well, it was five years this week and they had another meetup and Tommy is behind that. It's a great thing to just go and have a social round of golf and there's no pressure. Um, you can hit every shot. You don't have to hit every shot. You can do whatever you want and um, it's just good fun, casual, yes. relaxed and um, you, know, you might see Mike there. I've been to a couple um, but Tommy's doing a great job uh, out there and as yes. he's, he's one of the OGs. So well done to you for <laughs> taking the time to go, Mike. The next one is out. He told me it is at Freeway Golf. Yep. So for the guys and girls that are out in the east, and and like I said, if you just um, yeah, it's certainly no pressure, and it was good to watch people just get involved and all skill sets. Yep. I mean, I'm playing off eight, and there was at least of the fifteen, there was at least two guys that were better than way like comfortably lower handicaps than me, and then you had like I said, a couple of people that were literally just starting off, and when you're playing best ball on a par three, and you know. I think Tommy hit one. So we had a chip from one point, as an example. Tommy was the best golfer there comfortably. I think he, he I hit a chunk when the ball went about eight feet. Tommy went and three or three people after me, and he chunked one out of the rough as well. And I think he's went about twelve feet. Um, but it didn't matter. Like it's not it's not about that. And it was really probably more. We're not picking on Eric and and what Random Golf Club is now. It's probably more of a clothing line than anything else. But. It really was more about – it was good to see it being more like what it was in the beginning, just yeah. people getting out and, and being around in golf clubs, people having a bit of fun. And, yeah, it's good because you saw people get there talking to each other that hadn't seen each other since the one before. Everyone just got out, had a hit, had a bit of fun, talked. It was good. Mate, well, well done for going and, and representing. Um as, as we said, we're fans and uh, you were there at day one and I've been there early doors with them, but uh, Tommy's taken the reins now and if you want to get involved, uh, just go and have a look at the Instagram, Random Golf Club at Melbourne and you can join in. Uh, mate, if that's it, if that's a wrap for this week, another hour of power. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. We'll, uh, we'll try and see you very soon, Mike, uh, out there in the golf I'll course. I'll see you on Friday. Oh, well, hope, hope, hopefully so. Um, if, the, if the back's all right, I'll, I, if the stand-up desk and this, if I can crank out another five or six hundred yards of swimming, I've got a, I've got a chance. But I, I should say, say that please do. just very quickly, yes. this weekend I am down the peninsula. So if anyone is down there playing golf oh. and they've got a spare spot, just let me know or just message me on Instagram or whatever. There's an opportunity, people. If you've got a spot in your group and you want uh, the king the longest, of the... The longest swing you've ever seen in your life, maybe yeah. two or three shanks if you're lucky. If you want to see that uh, and... But side, side saddle. If you want to see the side saddle putting, but get access to the knowledge, the font that is the Magic Mike Creedy, and that's what I'd be paying to see. But uh, you can invite him along. Um, he'd probably even pay his own way. Um, might bring a little cheese platter. Oh, no, or something I'd definitely like. pay my own way. Definitely uh, pay my own way. Not, can we guarantee? Can we promise a cheese platter or anything like that? Like I'm not. I'm not taking cheese <laughs> down there. No. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. 